welcome to Solid Steps Radio. I am Chad Russell. That is Kurt Souter of Further Still Ministries. And we are very excited to do today's show for multiple reasons. Today is a day of firsts. As we tape this show in May of 2020, we are doing our first in-studio show since the coronavirus broke. So depending on when you hear this, this is our first in-studio show since we took a break. And during that break, we ended up finding a new radio home on Pure Radio based out of Louisville, Kentucky and Santa Barbara, California. And so we are very excited to have our very first show back in studio and with a new radio home, Pure Radio. So we're very excited to be with Tom and his crew. So we're back, and if you've never heard us before, if you're in California you've never heard us, I want to apologize in advance <laughs> for many things, <laughs> but we uh, we wanted to talk today about a, a topic, and if, if you've never heard our show, here's what we're about. We're a show for men, by men, talking about things from a man's perspective. Almost five years ago, Kurt came to me, and that's a whole other story, I think it was episode number two on our podcast. If you want to go back to SoundCloud or, or uh, uh, iTunes and look up podcast look up solid steps radio and you can go back to our very our second show we ever did four and a half almost five years ago kurt approached me and said hey you want to do a show for men we did because we said men are really easy to talk about politics sports and weather but to talk about the things for eternity the things that really matter we're a little bit queasy about talking about those things so we wanted to have as a resource for men to say okay i want to talk about or hear about the important stuff, not that sports, politics, and weather are important, but the things of God is the most important. What you do with God on this side of heaven is the most important thing you'll ever do, ever. And so one of the things we want to do on the show is we want to talk about and tell the story God is writing in men's lives from a guy's perspective, to hear the voice of men saying things about God and what he's doing in their life. And today, uh, we got a friend of ours who was on the show. He complained a little bit because he hasn't been on yet, but (laughs) we got him in today, so, uh, but He's got a story that is really impressive because you ever heard the term a new lease on life? Somebody said, well, I got a new lease on life. Well, Michael has had two <laughs> leases on life and it's an incredible story and I can't wait for our listeners to hear. So yeah, Chad, it's great to be back and uh, we get to talk to Michael Collins and you have uh, two new leases on life, man. It's a, uh, it is fast, uh, fascinating and I uh, read your story uh, and heard your story. Um, I don't know a while back, and I go, oh, we gotta get, we gotta get Michael on the show here. So, Michael Collins, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Kurt. Yeah, excited to be here. It's great yeah. to have you, brother. And uh, you, let's just kind of start from the beginning. Yeah. Um, you, um, <laughs> you, you, you didn't always walk with God. Not close. No. You were. Uh, I, I, I was telling Chad before the before in the in the studio. Uh, Michael was kind of a, a rascal. Yeah, uh, yeah that's you, a nice way of putting it, <laughs> rascal. You you were uh, man. You were uh, you were all over the place mm-hmm. in a lot of different areas. You were yeah. uh, you, you got kicked out of college, or you were in the process of getting kicked out of college. I was asked to leave you nicely. Were, uh, yes. <laughs> Some people get invited to college. He was asked to leave. Yes. I was bringing everybody's, the overall GPA average was going down because of me being there. (laughs) Well, uh, so, so, I mean, talk about that. You, you were, you were living the party life. I was. Um, You were, I mean, you were doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. I, a little bit even before that, when I grew up with uh, a grandmother who was adamant about me going to church in a family that, in a household that did not. Uh, so my mom and dad, they didn't, they never really took me to church. They would come on Easter and Christmas. Uh, my grandmother made me go throughout the year. Uh, but during that process, I, I found 
my dad's stash of pornography at an early age. It started even before college uh, at age, I wish I could remember. I know it was before 13 years old. Wow. Um, that I was, I, I became addicted to pornography, and then it just continued on from that point with friends, to with starting to drink at an early age. Uh, I was drinking before I was 16 years old with friends, uh, and that just continued. Uh, and it it wasn't a highlight in my life; it was just my story, and that's where uh, it all began. And, and I I was in church during that point some, but not a lot. It was more chasing after a girl that I liked that went to church was typically the story. That's a, that's a good and place to find a girl, you it, know, in church. But yes, I get what you're saying. So I had two sides that I was living to in my life. I, and uh, I was known at school to be a drinker, a partier, uh, doing some drugs, uh, and just totally pulled away from where I needed to be in life. And, and it, I don't know how I got there. It was my association. Um, but then when I got to college, it just escalated. It, it was a... Went to a whole nother level. It did. It was an op opportunity of uh, not just freedom. Uh, it was an opportunity to be around so many like-minded people that was in that scene that it just escalated at a high level. I was drinking. If I wasn't drinking seven nights a week, I was drinking seven nights a week. It was. It was. I had a fifth every night. Uh, me and a couple of my friends, we would all buy a fifth of Heaven Hill vodka. I still remember it today because it was 515 for a fifth. And I, we would drink until we passed out. That was our goal every night. It was who would pass out first and what would happen. And most of us never made it to midnight because we were in somebody's yard, passed out on a bed, couch. And that was just the story of our life early on in college. Michael, um, like where are your mom and dad in awareness to any of this? They were aware of a lot of it. At an early age, my parents told me, hey, if you're going to drink, why don't you drink here at home? So even before I turned 21, and they didn't know better, that was just, they thought they were protecting me because they drank, and they were like, well, we wanted to be safe. There was one time my, my mom came and pulled me out of my car, uh, and when I was 16, 17 years old, and took me inside after I drove home from a party. Uh, and I don't remember her getting me out of the car. I, I don't remember but a few minutes in a party. Uh, and then she, but somehow I was able to drive home and a friend of mine called to check on me to see if I made it home. And she went out and found me in the car, brought me in. The next day, my dad's down in my face telling me to get up and let's go work. And I didn't move because I was hungover. And that was early on. So they were aware of it. Uh, college, they thought I was doing good in college. Uh, I figured out how to edit my grades uh, when I gave them my grade report. Uh, so they, they saw it. They didn't know I had a 0.4 GPA. They thought I had a, a 3.4 GPA. Very easy to change that number when you know how to edit stuff. Uh, and it wasn't until years later that they found out that I was asked to leave, that I was kicked out. I was on academic pro probation from year one, uh, and they let me stay for three years in college uh, I guess because I was paying them and let me go. Wow. So uh, in, in the midst of all of this, I mean, I got a question. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the Bible talks about that sin is pleasurable for a season, uh, but it also says uh, that the, the old way of life, it's a, uh, the empty way of life. Yes. Where, where, where mm. were you in that continuum? Were you in the, just like, this is so much fun or was, I mean, I know people who, were, who walk in, uh, you know, just a season of sin and they're in misery. It was hurting. And it's scary to look back on a lot of the stuff that I did. And I'm surprised I remember some of it. I think it's because of so much regret that I do remember some of it from when I was drinking. Uh, there were times, because I had enough of the Bible in me, that I would get, start drinking and I would start preaching. 
I would start talking about the gospel, about, about Jesus and, and how we shouldn't live like this. And, and there were several times that my friend said, hey, do you know what you're talking about last night? And I'm like, I don't remember. And they would tell me and I, I was preaching hmm. and to and drunk as can be that his congregation wasn't listening very well. <laughs> no, they were not. Neither was the preacher. <laughs> oh, my golly. Yeah. So so in one sense, I mean, I, I, how much pleasure were you having and experiencing that pleasure? I thought I was having a lot, but I was having none. Okay. I was empty. I was very empty yeah, and, and searching. Yeah, I, it, it, it does remind you. I think it's uh, Peter's epistle when he says that the, the handed down from your forefathers this empty way of life, mm. empty way of living. Yes. And so, uh, kind of fast forward. You're you're you're, you're being at, you're not getting kicked out of school. You're being asked <laughs> to leave. <laughs> um, but you you made a connection to a guy at Walmart. I did. I was working three jobs while going to college. Uh, I, I was working. Walmart was one of them and two other jobs, one on campus and one at a hospital. And one day when I was working in the sporting goods section of Walmart, uh, a guy c- came and started talking to me, uh, asked me a little bit about myself, finding out a little bit about me. We started talking about turkey hunting. I loved turkey hunt. Found out that his wife grew up in the same county that I did. It's a small county. I actually knew who she was. And we just connected. Uh, and he got talking about what he did. Uh, asked him what he did. Him and his dad worked together, owned a couple businesses, and I borderline started stalking him at that point, uh, looking for an opportunity, uh, just something to get out. He had asked me if this, what my long term plans were, and he said, "Are you have a long term plan here at Walmart?" And I laughed. Um, nothing wrong with it. It just that was not a long term plan for me. That wasn't in the game plan. We're going to yeah. continue to unpack mm-hmm. that story and how that man yep. named Brandon yeah. was a, a, a major turning point. So when we come back in the second segment, we're going to hear more about what happened. And, and you know, I- anybody's testimony that involves Walmart, you know, God's involved. Right? <laughs> so, so we're going to hear more about what happened, that conversation uh, in the uh, in the Walmart and how that changed the trajectory of his life. And so we're going to take a break. We'll be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. Hi, welcome back to the second segment of Solid Steps Radio. I'm Chad Russell. That is Kurt Souter, and we are talking today with our good friend Michael Collins about his two leases on life. And when we less left him in the last segment, he was standing in Walmart, which again, if you, if God's involved, you know, he has to be involved in order to be in a Walmart. Uh, I say that it's a joke between my wife and I, because she loves going to Walmart. And I per se do not. But uh, that being said, we're going to talk today about his story about how God intervened. But we also want to thank our sponsors of our show for the past few years. Ellen and Credit Union has been a partner with us from almost day one. They have invested in us and they invest in this community and they invest in you. If you need to invest your money in a bank that's going to take care of you both in personal and professional options, Ellen and Credit Union will take care of you as well. And then uh, Vision First Eye Care. If you need to see, I've got contacts in my eyes right now from Vision First Eye Care. They are they see you as more than just a set of eyeballs. You are a person. And they've got all over the Kentuckiana area, Vision First Eye Care. We want to thank them for sponsoring our show. And also Bright Star Home Care. If you need to have your loved ones take care of, whether it's one day a week or 24-7 care, Bright Star Home Care can help in the Louisville, Kentuckiana area to walk through that process with you. So, Michael, you didn't have any idea that you were going to head to Walmart and Walmart, somebody in Walmart would be changing your life. But you met this guy named Brandon. 
And tell us what in the world happened. Yeah, it was looking back, it was one of the most unusual conversations you have at Walmart, but you never have a normal conversation at Walmart, I don't think. But uh, there's a lot to that. But I was I was working, doing my normal thing, just stocking shelves. Uh, and this guy comes up, starts talking to me. We were talking about turkey hunting. He just related to me. And like I said, he told me about what him and his dad did. And when I started to pursue him and ask him questions about uh, how do you do that? Is there opportunities for that? Uh, he said, yes, let me give it my dad. I'll get back to you. I started emailing him because I looked up his website and I was just chasing him uh, because I didn't enjoy what I did. I, it wasn't, I was empty still. And I didn't know what that void was. Uh, it was from just how I was living my life. But I was always looking for another opportunity, something else. And Brandon just offered that to me after persuading him to talk to me. So so he and, and then he began to, I mean, basically welcome you into working with him. His life. He welcomed me into his life is what he did. Uh, we started working together and we started the business together. I was in Bowling Green, Kentucky. He was in Nashville at the time. And it was an opportunity that the market was right. And we started working together. And it has been 18 years now that we still work together because of that. Uh, and it was just a random conversation that led to it. Wow. So, but he, uh, you didn't know this at, at the very beginning. You, did you sense it at all that he had, he had a relationship that was very unique? I knew something was different about Brandon. He had enthusiasm within him uh, and you could just see he was full of life all the time. He had a mission if you would, uh, you could just see it all over him. He was always excited about it. He was always upbeat. He never was talking negative or bad about somebody. He was just different. He was different from all my other friends uh, and everything that I was hanging around. And that, that and that really attracted you. It did very much so. I can still remember the look on Brandon's eyes when first time I met him. It was just it was like this guy is excited, and I want to be excited like him. So, uh, kind of fast forward, mm -hmm. he he inter he begins to have a conversation with you about spiritual things. He did. He slowly. Uh, over time, uh, a couple months into it, he was always talking about him and what they did, him and his wife and standards. Uh, every time I saw him, he was opening the door for his wife. He was being different. And he, he had a young daughter at the time. Uh, and the conversation was always about church, what he took from church that weekend. I never asked him, uh, but I was never turned off from it either. He was just slowly implementing stuff about way, the way he lived life into me. And I liked it. I saw it. And he never said, Michael, you should do this. He just said, here's what I did. Here's what I'm doing. And it was always uh, a little bit more. And I was, at that time, I didn't mention a minute ago, was dating Karen, which is my wife today. Uh, and we were living together at that time. And she was watching all this. She was seeing all the meetings with him and us getting started. Uh, and she was always asking questions and talking to Brandon. He always treated her with respect. I remember one of the first times uh, it really hit home. Uh, he had showed up for a meeting that we had in my house. And I wasn't there yet. Uh, I was coming back from work at Walmart. And he, he showed up. My, my girlfriend was there. And he knocked, said, hey, I'm here for my meeting with Michael. And she said, come on in. He goes, is Michael here? And he would not enter the house until I got back. It was just a different stand. None of my buddies, they would have walked right on in. They would have invaded my refrigerator. Uh, and But Brandon, he had so much respect for me and standards. that He said, I'll go wait out in the car until he gets here. I know I'm about 15 minutes early. I'll just wait. Mm -hmm. It was just different. What I mean, what you're describing is... The, the what what Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. 
you are the light of the world mm-hmm. and you and, and you saw life giving a, a life that was living out of the overflow yeah of something that was rich and deep and really meaningful mm-hmm. so uh now and as we as as you're moving forward he now challenges you he did he there was a point when i had to get something for, i think i had bought a couple books from him or something small and i wrote him a check and on that check uh if you can remember checks uh it had <laughs> my name at the top uh michael collins and it had karen wimsett below it in the same address and he goes michael he said your check has karen your girlfriend's name on here in the same address he said you guys don't live together do you he knew he just it had an opportunity finally he had been feeding into me for a couple months now and he said michael you said you're a christian to me before i said yes sir i'm a christian he said you live together correct he said that's not how a christian would live he said either call yourself a christian and act like it or don't and don't call yourself a christian and, and when he said that, what is entering your brain? I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> I have been called out. and I, But I saw how he was living, and I was like, I want what he has more than what the world says. Because the world told me, my school teachers told me I needed to cohabitate with my girlfriend at the time to save money. Uh, family members told me that would be a great idea. But he was telling me, hey, Christ set this example. He died for you. And if you're going to say you're with him, you need to be with him and not not fake it. Not the, not the things of this world. Yes. And, and so radically. Changed so so in, in one sense, it, it challenged you. What what happened? I went back home and I said, Karen, we got to fix this. And at that moment, we radically changed everything in our life. Uh, we stopped living together. Uh, I, I was still drinking a not a lot, not as much, because I was having influence with Brandon, spending more time with him. But I was still drinking. I gave it up. I quit smoking cigarettes. Uh, I gave up all marijuana, the drugs at the time, and I never touched it again at that point. I said, I'm done. It took Karen a couple more months to really get into it fully, but we both committed and said, hey, we're done with it. And we just went the other direction 100%. So you stopped the drinking. You stopped the 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 porn pornography was done and, and stopped the swearing everything now that we could th- let me ask you this question prior to that moment did you see yourself really doing anything wrong no not at all so all that, I just thought it was the way we lived all that life you're living up to this point until Brandon comes in you you had no conviction to say this is a road that's leaving leading to destruction I, I truly thought I was a Christian mm. I, I was just never called out and really stood said, hey, here's a standard you should hold. And so was there a moment, uh, I mean, you you went home, you tell Karen, mm-hmm. you separated. Mm-hmm. So she, you, she got another apartment? Yep. Wow. Well, parents' house. Her parents' house. Yeah. And you, fa- uh, did, I, did I remember this right? You fast forwarded your wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Because we were engaged at that time. We were going to have a year and a half engagement. And at that point, uh, it was like, we're not waiting that long. And we moved it up. Three months later, we were married. And you get married, and now Karen is fully on board. Mm-hmm. Karen like, got baptized during that point. She was Catholic at the time. Okay. Decided to make a commitment herself and was baptized. And gave her a public profession of Christ. Mm-hmm. And what about you? I had I was baptized early on, and I had rededicated my life fully at that point. And I said, I turned it all over, uh, prayed. And God, I'm yours 100%. And 
and and Brandon just continued to pour into you. He did at a higher level because we had a conversation about it. I said, Brandon, I what you said hit me, and I need to rededicate. And he walked me through it. Uh, we he started pouring scripture into me at that point. Now, he had mentioned it before, but he really started pouring it now because I had asked for it. Let me just real quickly about Brandon. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's not a preacher. Not a preacher. No, he's not a minister. Nope, just a businessman. He's not an, uh, an evangelist. Nope. He's not a you know he's not on staff anywhere. No, he's not. He's not a he's just a business owner. He is. Yep. But God through him mm-hmm. changed your life. Amen. Very changed much so. Karen's life. Very much. My changed, kids. You got two kids. Yes. Changing their lives. Yes. Uh you you got a new lease on life. Big time. <laughs> yes. So we're gonna come back and just when you think, man, that is a great show. <laughs> <laughs> we got two, over. <laughs> we got two more segments left because little did Michael know he's got a second lease on life ahead of him. And this one was not a spiritual one per se. It was a physical one. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take a break. We're going to come back in the next two segments. We're going to hear the road is not always smooth when you're walking with the Lord. And uh, we're going to hear what obstacle was ahead of him. And it had a lot to do with a lot. A lot of people go through when they hear the big C word. That's cancer. So we're going to take a break. We'll come back shortly here on Solid Steps Radio. Hi, welcome back. Point of Solid Steps Radio. I'm Chad Russell. That is Kurt Souter. And we are talking today with our good friend Michael Collins today. And we're talking about two leases on life. Some people just get one. Some people don't get any. But Michael was fortunate enough to have two. And we the first lease on life we'll talk about here in a minute. But we want to first thank our sponsors of our show, Dan Hart Financial. Uh, if you need to help have help with your financial advice about retirement or what that looks like from a biblically wise perspective, Dan Hart can do that. And then we also want to thank Frank Enterprises. If you have any issues with water outside your house not going where it's supposed to go, septic tanks, land drainage, landscaping, Frank Enterprises can take care of you in regards to that. I also want to thank my personal favorite sponsor, Southern Southern Smoke Catering, southernsmokecatering.com. They're a Louisville area-based catering company, and they do some of the best barbecue you will ever taste. So we want to thank those folks for sponsoring our show. Now, the first couple segments we talked about, the real quick synapses is Michael's and he, he starts drinking at teens he continues his drinking career through college so well that they ask him to leave college and then he's realizing that this is not what life's all about and he runs into a guy in in walmart which again if you're ever in walmart you need the lord at some point when you're standing in walmart and brandon came into michael's life and all of a sudden six months later he goes from being on a road that leads to destruction to now being on a road that leads to life through jesus Mm -hmm. christ and so now you think, well, that is an incredible story. And it was. I mean, that's a, a whole lot of story packed into two radio segments. But God was not quite done with the story. So, yeah, you fast forward a number of years, 12 years or so. Mm-hmm. And you know, life's going pretty well, right? Really good. Life was good. Got the two kids, uh, you know, awesome wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've, you've, you've redirected your spiritual life and focus to giving glory to uh, not yourself, but to the God who created you and the God who died for you. Mm-hmm. And then, man, what happens? My world was rocked. You were right on point. I, I had spent the next several years after that talking to men about how 
Pornography will wreck your life. It'll wreck your marriage. It'll wreck your relationships about how drinking would do to you. And I thought that was my calling. I thought that's what what my life was about, that new lease, as you guys put it. But then in 2015, right before Labor Day 2015, uh, I was driving down the road and I knew exactly, I can picture where I was right where I was. And I felt on my neck on the way in, I felt a lump. And I'm like, that's unique. That's different. Uh, and I called my doctor. Uh, my doc- like, like that day? That day. It was just one of those things. I'm like, that's, that's right. I better get that checked out. It was just one of those feelings. And I called uh, and she said, uh, she asked me a couple questions. She said, you've been battling a cold. It's a lymph node is what it sounds like. It's probably got the virus trapped. It's doing what it's supposed to do. You're probably going to be okay. You're young. You're healthy. You're good. And call me back if nothing changes in two weeks. And so two weeks go by and I called her back and she said, well, come in. And as soon as I came in, she felt it and she goes, well, we need to get you checked out. We need to get this scoped. And that's when a process started of them evaluating what was going on with my neck at that point. And we went to a doctor that day. They put a needle in. It came back indecisive. Uh, They said we need to cut it out and do some more tests. Went in a couple of days later. They took it out along while they were in there. They took out my tonsils, too. Uh, and that's when they found out that they said, hey, there's got some cells on here that look very cancerous. We're going to send them off. And by that weekend, they got the results back. It was Labor Day weekend, 2015. The doctor called me and said, hey, we need to talk. And that's when they told me that you have stage four throat cancer and we need to do this to you. And they started treatments. There, there was no symptoms? None. Really? No symptoms. I wasn't, I quit smoking uh, early on. They said it wasn't from that. They said it was squamous cell and it had been in my in my body for 10 plus years. And it's called, typically it's caused by a sexually transmitted disease, probably from my college days. Wow. But there, there was no evidence at all physically. You had nothing that was out of the ordinary that you look back on and go, gosh, that makes sense. Nothing. Mm. What happens if they don't treat you? I asked the doctor, he said, hey, you can, he said, you can battle this with some natural remedies. He said, it might work. It might not. It's always going to be there though. He said, if you don't cure it now, it's going to come back and it's going to be harder and you won't make it. So what do they say? They said, you need to do treatments that, uh, that have been cut out. Well, need to do 35 treatments of radiation five days a week for the next, uh, five, six weeks. And then we need to do chemo on top of that too, because it did spread, spread to a lymph node. Uh, we don't think it's spread anymore, but we want to make sure. So uh, they, they do all the radiation first, same then time. They, at the same time? Same time, yes. Uh, we started treatment immediately for the most part. It was in October. My first week, I remember I was uh, it was my birthday week, uh, 35 years old. I remember laying on that radiation bed in a vault, pinned down, celebrating my birthday. Wow. So, and you lost how many pounds? You, you it's this is like crazy. Yeah. When I started treatment, I was right at 200 pounds. When I towards my last it was my last week of radiation and chemo, I told them not to tell me the weight because they would hit 120 at that point. You lost 80 pounds. 80 pounds within a matter of 5 weeks. It sounds like the treatment was worse on you than the actual disease. It was. My dad came and helped out one one weekend while my wife was out of town, and he said, "What are they trying to do? Kill you and bring you back to life?" Mm. I, I, at that point, I was living on ice chips and protein powder, and that was all I could get down. I couldn't because all the radiation on my neck it had swollen shut. I was at a point of barely talking, and it was tough. It was physically tough on me. Uh, there was a lot of victories that came through it at that moment, but it was tough. And I, I had a perspective. 
praise Jesus that Brandon had came into my life because the first book of the Bible Brandon told me to read uh, when I rededicated my life, he said, go read the book of James. Looking back on it, we talked about your tongue is like the rudder. And I just started speaking life over. I have friends speaking life on me. And I would I would go into that radio. I drove myself to the radiation center every day. Uh, I refused to let my family get around it. I didn't want them to see what I was going through. I didn't want to see them had to sit in that waiting room when people were talking about death. They were talking about they thought they were dying. Uh, my wife would drive me on Mondays and drop me off. And then I would walk to the chemo center the same day, get my chemo, and I had a buddy pick me up at 4.30 at the end of the day. So she would drop me off at 6.30, he would pick me up at 4.30 and drive me home. What, a 10-hour day of... Not every day, but that's only on Monday. So on Monday when I got the chemo. And it was just tearing me apart. But I had an opportunity to meet some amazing people, to speak life into people. I was walking. Every time I went to the radiation center, I had them play Christian music for me, build some amazing relationships there. You're locked in a vault, and it's just they're shooting radiation on your neck and it was just destroying me. But yeah, it was some amazing memories come from it. How, how, how at this time, mm-hmm. so you're, you're losing 80 pounds. You're, you're just shriveling up. What, what's your relationship with God? What's going on there? It was a constant conversation. Uh, we talked every day. I prayed every day. Uh, when I laid on that bed, uh, if you can imagine being in a vault, uh, I would lay on that bed strapped down. You have a face mask on you and you're pinned down on your chest and on your face. And I would just lay there and I would say, my body is healed. I would pray, uh, my body is healed, my body is whole, and I am worthy. And I would just repeat that over and over again. Uh, and it was just to a point to where my mask wasn't fitting anymore because I lost so much weight. I was coughing because I couldn't get saliva. I, I lost all my taste buds. I didn't have taste anymore. I didn't have saliva glands in my mouth. I couldn't produce moisture. And it was just dry. And it was one of my last treatments, my last couple of treatments. I'm laying on that bed and you're spread out. You got your arms out. And um, I. it was a moment. It was my greatest moment I ever lived in my life. Um, I'm laying there. And you're in a room, you're solid, you're locked in, nobody's in there. Yeah, you're by yourself. And I physically feel God grab my hand and and just walk with me. It just, you can just feel him holding my hand. And I just froze and I just started weeping and crying. And I just, uncontrollable until they had to stop the radiation because I I, I still remember it. It was one of those moments you just. One of these moments when God uh, in in his own special way you sensed his presence and his nearness like never before. Like never before. And uh, it was just a, a, a gift that a gift of grace. An amazing gift. Yeah. That he gave to you. Now, So, so now you, you go through five, six, or even seven weeks of treatment, mm-hmm. and then what happens? And then I start recovering. Uh, we, uh, it was just a process of rebounding at that point. So that was the early November when I ended treatment. And at that point, they said, hey, it's going to take you about a year to get back to normal. Uh, And I said, no, it's not. They said, you won't taste food for a year or two. I said, I'll be tasting food by November. Uh, I'll be eating food by November. And I said, I'll be tasting food by Christmas. And they just laughed at me. And I'm like, it'll happen. Uh, And I just started speaking over my life again. I said, I'm going to taste foods. I know what it's going to be. I'm going to be able to eat again. Uh, And by Thanksgiving, I was getting down, I don't know if you call this eating, I considered it eating at that moment, uh, (laughs) liquid mashed potatoes. So a lot of gravy and a little bit of mashed potatoes, but it went down. 
And it was a joyous victory. And that was the first food I ate, that and a little bit of dark meat at that point. And it had been two months before I had really started this process and was eating now. Wow. And uh, we're going to hear the rest of this story, Mm -hmm. but we need to take a break right now. Okay. So we'll be back for one fourth and final segment to hear more about uh, the story that God has been writing in Michael's life. And you may be thinking, man, how can he get through that? Well, you just heard somebody was holding his hand Mm -hmm. through the whole process. He was being shepherded. So we're going to talk more in his fourth and final segment about his life now and really how, how these things, had they not happened, that's a question to be thinking about during the break. If these things had not happened, where would you be now relationally, spiritually? So we're going to hear more about that. We take a break. Be back shortly here on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our fourth and final segment. This is Chad Russell, Kurt Satter, talking to Michael Collins today about his incredible journey uh, with God. If you missed the first three segments, you missed a lot. You missed the guy who was partying at, at school, uh, dropping out, working at Walmart, meeting a guy who changed the trajectory of his life, found a lump on his throat, had cancer, and God held his hand during chemo physically. So you missed a lot. You need to go check those out. You can go to hear all of this in our podcast, by the way. If you're just check it, checking this out, but I want to hear the rest of that story. Go to SoundCloud or go to iTunes and just type in Solid Steps Radio, and you can listen to those shows in their entirety. Thanks to our great sponsors like Iroquois Family Dental here in the Louisville area. They have two locations. They are a family-friendly dental office. Eric Veal and his crew will take care of you. Veritech Home Generators, if you have a generation generator issue at your home or your business and you need help, Veritech can take care of that, and they can also maintain one that you already have. And I also want to thank the Southeast Outlook. It's a local publication in Louisville that talks about the story that God is writing all throughout his kingdom and throughout the whole world. And uh, we want to thank those folks for sponsoring our show. And I'm going to mention one more that we love is Country Lake Christian Retreat Center. They are great folks, and they will take care of you for any kind of retreat that you need. Um, but, um, Michael, I want to go back to, uh, you know, in the break, we were talking about you really, um, since for how many, 18 years you've known Brandon. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he, he was a game changer in he your was. life. Yes. And I'm like going, and now I'm, I'm watching you and you, I, I sense it's like, I want to be a Brandon mm. Others. to others talk, yes. talk about that yeah the way brandon had changed my life uh i mean there's no way to script it there's no way to put it into words really uh, other than to tell the story but I, when brandon changed my life it made me want to be like brandon it made me want to go out and reach other people and have that those same casual conversations not to just be stuck in my own little bubble but also to share with others about not only uh about Jesus, about Christ, but also about the way I came to see, know him, the way that Brandon had, had worked on me. Uh, and I just started mimicking the same thing and trying to start conversations wherever I go. I didn't want to keep to myself. I wanted to share. And it just, uh, it was contagious. It was fun. It was different. I was an introvert when Brandon met me. I mean, I didn't like talking to anybody. I didn't want to talk to anybody because I felt so bad about myself. I didn't know that was the reason why, uh, but I was just in my own world. I was uh, just, 
hurting. But Brandon showed me the showed me the opportunity to get around the light and show me told me about Jesus and told me about how much he loved me and shared with me. And I got into the word and figured out and Brandon kept pointing me to scripture and said, here, read this, read this. He would give me books that were scripture based and uh, it, it made me have a better self image about myself. It made me more vocal to where I now I don't want to shut up. I, I during the quarantine that we've been in. It's it's made me sit around the house shaking. I'm like, I need to go talk to people. I need to go meet somebody. I need to go wig somebody out and just say hi to them, and just to be that be that for them. And it's allowed me opportunities today to where or before uh, to go sit in hospital rooms uh, where people are getting chemo and radiation and just share Jesus with them that I would have never been able to do before cancer. Uh, it's allowed me to connect with men who have battled pornography or battling pornography or battling battling alcoholism to help. Hey, you can change. You can be different. And it's all because Brandon started with me. That, uh, I just love that. One person. And and I, I, I love it. He's not a preacher. Mm-hmm. You're not a preacher. No, you're not a minister. No. You're, you're not on staff somewhere. No. You're a business guy out in the world, yeah. getting up every morning, working like everybody else. Yeah. And yet you are going, God has called me to make a difference. He has, by all means, to talk to others and share the love of God. I, I love how God takes our past mm. and he uses it. He does. It's it's not a waste. Even all, all the the... the, the the boneheaded decisions and and the foolishness. Yep. God still even uses that as you talk with men. I I just love that God is a redeeming God. Mm. Um. You know what 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 has God got you doing now? That's uh, that's you know on on your to do list as as you serve Him. Man, every day is a new adventure. Yeah, it, it is. It really is. There's you never know who you're going to meet tomorrow, who you're going to connect with. Uh, just yesterday, me and Karen sit down with a couple at uh, Gustavo's uh, here locally, if I could say. And it was just we met them in line at uh, Grader's Ice Cream. And just two days ago, and we're sitting down with them having lunch and just talking about what God's done in their life, what he's done in our life. And it's just you never know where it's going to it's going to lead. And I'm always looking for those conversations for somebody to accept a conversation back. And that's what you're looking for. Uh, not everybody will talk to me. Some people just grunt at you and move on. And it's like, hey, it's okay. High five to you, buddy, and just move on. But there's others that are hungry. They're looking for friends out there. There's so many people that are lonely today that are sitting at home, and they want a friend. They want somebody to just listen and talk to. And so many people are just taught today to just keep to themselves. And I want to be the opposite of that. I want to be like Brandon was to me and just share uh, his life with others. I want to live in a glass house. What you see here is what you see in my home. Mm-hmm. I want to be that example. And if Brandon would have never done that for me, I would be totally different today. And I can't thank him enough for it. Wow, that's it's fantastic. You know, it reminds me as you're as you're sharing. You know, Jesus said in Acts chapter one, verse eight, He says, "You are my witnesses." Mm-hmm. And he and he wants us. Um, Paul says it in Second Corinthians. He says, "You you're you're my ambassadors." Yeah. You're you're an ambassador for this king and for his kingdom, and and I just love how you and Karen take that very seriously. Um, 
I'm praying over my boys every day too. You never know who they're going to run into and they're going to be that example for. And, and, uh, um, you know, just real quickly, talk about your, your boys and, uh, the story that they see in, in you, in, in their, in their dad. Yeah. They get to live it every day too. Cause we, we don't go anywhere. We don't have conversations with others and opportunity to share and just meet. And I, Tell my boys all the time, I'm like, you ha- you never know who you're going to maybe meet tomorrow and you'll be able to pray with or what they're struggling with. Uh, when going through cancer, my, my boys became prayer warriors because of it. They learned mm-hmm. how to pray. They learned how the power of prayer and they saw it and they love it. And it's been great. Um, Michael, as we wrap up this show, just in 30 seconds, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. just talk to the to our listeners, to the men of this show, of what God, just take 30 seconds and kind of unload on them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, don't say that. Uh, Men out there, you're called for more. You're called for, for greatness. God has planted seeds of greatness in you, and you just have to share them. You have to be willing. Most people want to hide behind a computer screen today or hide behind uh, a, a drive through window. Get out. Walk around people. Meet people. Be friendly. All you have to do is say hi and be willing to talk, and you never know where it's going to go. There are conversations around the corner that are open for you, and you don't have to be a Bible scholar. I am not a Bible scholar. Do I read the Word? Yes, absolutely, but I don't remember verses. like I know some guys that— they can Kurt over here is a Bible wizard and I'm sitting here. I'm like, wow, it's Kurt. And you just have to be willing to talk. That's all it is. And be normal. And guys will connect with you and they'll listen to you and they want to share life with you. You just have to be a willing vessel to give up some of your time so that you can share with them and and make an impact like Brandon did on me. Mm, That's good stuff. Would you pray for us? Absolutely. Pray for our listeners. Will you please? Thanks. God, I love you, Lord, and I thank you for an opportunity to share what you've done, Lord. It is all you. And, Lord, I I pray that a a man hears this and is inspired to go out and and shake a hand and say hello to somebody and just to to share your love with them, Lord. God, uh, maybe somebody will pass this on to another user who needs to hear it. And you don't know what God is doing in your life right now, Uh, Lord. um, Lord, I just ask that you work on these men that— are needing it that that wanna that wanna be more uh, for you, God. Just as you were for me, I was a willing vessel, Lord, and I ask that you you touch other men's life through it, Lord. I thank you for Kurt, uh, Lord. I, I thank you for Chad and just using them. God, continue to bless this ministry and use it to spread your your gospel, Lord. For just Sunday's Christ, name we pray. Amen. Amen, brother. Thank you. Thanks for sharing your story. Thanks for praying, and uh, God bless you, brother. Thank you. You know, uh, the very first book that Brandon told Michael to read was the book of James. Mm -hmm. And so the very second verse in the very first chapter, it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, that perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And this is a life that's showing that what perseverance looks like and what a life in the hands of God can do. Michael could not make up these things. He just told us that's by the work of the one who took his hand and walked through the process with him. Is he holding your hand? If you're listening to this now and you're not walking with God, 
That is your destiny to walk with Him. That's why we're called Solid Steps Radio. Thank you for listening. Hope you tune in next time.